Dr. Sullivan, thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, no problem, Mitch. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. Yeah. Um, tell us about this pill that Merck is uh, seeking approval for, and what promise does it hold? You know, the, one of the missing ingredients sort of in this whole pandemic has been a really good medication that we can give to people right when they start either experiencing symptoms or they have a high-risk exposure to COVID to prevent them from getting COVID. And this pill, at least from preliminary news release, looks like it might be one of the missing things that we've been waiting for for the pandemic. Obviously, I'd like to see the, you know, the studies behind it. And, you know, FDA, when they review it, they'll release a document that will be able to look at it in more in depth. They'll have a lot more scientific information on it but if it lives up to the pipe so far that it's the news release uh, are promising it could be a it could be a huge help it would really really go a long way towards getting us through this pandemic now is, is that something that would be approved by the FDA again under an emergency condition yeah, they probably would do an emergency use in the beginning, I think. I could be wrong because I'm not sure if um, Merck is going for emergency use or they're going for full FDA approval. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a difference in the two, right. in the two of them. The, the f- a full approval takes a little bit longer to get because there's a whole bunch of other manufacturing and right. quality control. Well, and all but other what stuff. we've heard, That's it, in it the takes emergency a, use, yeah. a long time, yeah, a long it's, di- it's a, big difference. It a is. Big it's difference. a much longer process. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so that, so that doesn't help people very much if it's going to take two years for the thing to get approved. So I would think Correct. that they would be trying to get it out there very quickly, wouldn't they? Yeah, that's probably what it's going to be going for. So we'll, 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 you know, we'll hear a lot more about that in the coming weeks. And hopefully it lives up to the promise, because if it does, that could be, I think it'll be a big help to everybody. All right, now, other things that are being proposed also out there is a booster for the Moderna and a booster for the J&J. Is there um, yep. any any uh, reason to suspect that they would uh, come up with any different information than the Pfizer one did? No, I don't think so. The Moderna one, I did read that Moderna is asking FDA to um, do their booster at half the dose of what their regular shot was mm-hmm. um, because I, I think they feel that the data shows that they don't need to give a full booster. And, you know, some preliminary studies seem to suggest that Moderna, because of the higher dose that they used in their initial vaccination series, may last a little bit longer. And so I think that's part of the reason why Moderna is thinking, okay, we don't need to boost people with a full dose. We'll give them a, a lower dose than previous. And then Johnson & Johnson, as far as I know, will be the same, same as the initial one. The question for Johnson & Johnson will be timing because they, they've done, they're looking at two things, a booster at 60 days or one at nine months. And so they're going to give FDA data on both of those and just determine what the best timing is. Obviously, for people who've already gotten it, you know, it's going to be a, a moot point. But um, for going forward, it'll be determining, okay, what's the best time? Should you get it at two months or at, or at nine months? That seems to be a pretty widespread there, two months or, or nine it months. Is, what- it is. Well, I th- I think what you know the Johnson and Johnson vaccine is so different because you know they're using this virus to deliver the the right. genetic material to make the spike protein and it, you know and they're they're you know they're doing a what they did a one shot trial and they're actually doing a two shot trial right now as well and the two shot trial the primary uh, thing in the two shot trial is they're doing it 60 days apart and they haven't released any detailed data from the two shot trial yet and um, you know and so I'm sure some of that data is going to get released to FDA but then what they did is they also took a group of people who got the shot, the one-shot trial, and they took a group of them and gave them a booster shot at nine months to see how good they would do at nine months. And so they're kind of comparing the, comparing the two of them. It'll be interesting to see what FDA says about all that. Mm-hmm. I'm, and then what ACIP, what recommendations they give for people who've gotten a Johnson & Johnson do, shot. Would you, would Not you really suggest, sure what to make of all this. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a lot to think about. Would you suggest 
that before people go get a booster, that they have a um, antibody test to sort of see where they're standing uh, vis-a-vis their own body's uh, immune system? Well, you know, that's that's a good question. And right now the recommendations are to not do that because we don't really know what the antibody tests mean. So when, whenever you look at an infection and you get a vaccine and, or whenever you're looking at immune protection from an infection, whether it's through natural infection or through a vaccine, there's something there's, we try to get a test that's called a correlate of immunity, meaning a correlate of how well protected you are. And that's something that we had, they have not been able to com- conclusively demonstrate with coronavirus yet. We hear a lot of talk about antibodies and specifically what are called neutralizing antibodies. And those are antibodies that have the ability that once they attach to the virus, they neutralize the virus's ability to, to infect cells in the body. And so that seems to be the probably right now the potentially the best correlate of how well protected people are. The problem is, is measuring neutralizing antibodies is a really hard test to do for a clinical laboratory. It's, it's very labor intensive and only research laboratories can do that. Mm. When, when we measure antibodies in clinical laboratories, they're measuring what's called total antibodies. That's all because your body will make numerous different types of antibodies in response to infection or vaccination. And right. so basically you're saying it's too, it's too, too general. Yeah. Too general. Uh, Correct. And you it's can't too general. It's not specific enough. And they're looking to try to develop one that's more specific. They just don't have one available yeah. yet. So there's a lot, the there's a lot of money to be made in that. If somebody finally comes up with oh, one yeah. of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell yeah. me finally, so um, line, don't get an antibody shot yeah, or an antibody test right now. Um, what's, to keep uh, people who are taking these boosters now, six months out, eight months out, nine months out, doesn't it suggest that we're going to have to do that again in another six months? I just need a real quick answer. Well, not necessarily, because some vaccines are three-shot prime series to begin with. Hepatitis B, for instance, is zero months, one month, and six months. There's like several other vaccines that are like that, too. So they're starting to think that maybe this one might fall into that, and it might become a okay. three-shot series, and then maybe several years later, a, 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 a boost for variants. All right. So Dr. Liam not Sullivan. necessarily a yearly booster right now. Thank you for your help. Uh, Spectrum Health Medical mm-hmm. Group, always very informative. We appreciate your coming on.